Welcome to The Alamon Show. Here, we'll discover the success stories of local business trailblazers, where we discuss topics from marketing strategies to community engagement. You'll gain practical insights for your own venture. Join us weekly to celebrate and learn from our local entrepreneurial heroes. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and become a part of our growing community of business enthusiasts and entrepreneurs. Now, let's get started. So you came here when you were eight years old. Mm-hmm. Tell me your story from there. Uh, tell me my story from there. Yeah. So, How did you get over here from Iran? Um, so I, we actually originally came like in 1978. So I was only two years old. We came for a year. We lived in the Montgomery County, Rockville area. Okay. And um, most Iranians left Iran um, either right before the revolution or right after when things took a turn. But my parents were in that smaller group that was the opposite they thought maybe things are going to actually change for the better in iran or something so they uh spent a year here and then they went back um and then of course things got a little crazy there was a revolution and you know that war could have lasted forever um and they were concerned about me getting drafted into the military i mean i think they were sending kids as young as you know 14 15 to the war and mm-hmm. you know once you went it was a good chance you never made it back and i still remember those images but we were fortunate enough my uncle had lived in richmond virginia for a really long time and he kind of was our sponsor so we came in 85 and um lived for lived in richmond for about six months or so and i've been in northern virginia pretty much ever since so i have a lot of roots in this area starting in alexandria falls church area uh, and then eventually uh, Herndon, where I went to middle school and high school, um, and then George Mason for my undergrad and master's studies. Wow. So, yeah, my dad actually came over. He went to, he was from Iraq, mm-hmm. went over to Iran because Saddam kicked him and his whole family out mm-hmm. of Iraq. And so they stayed there for 17-ish year, 15 wow. years, and then came here when he was 25. Um, Around that same time frame. Mm. Where were you born? I was born here in okay. Indiana. Um, oh, he actually wow. won the lottery. Uh, oh for yes, college. many people come that way. Yep, and so that's how he made it out here. So oh, okay. yeah, it's interesting how all the yeah, <laughs> how yeah. people have you know sure. ended up here. I always love knowing about that. Okay, so then once you graduated, um, tell me a little bit about what you do now today. So um, I uh, I was one of those people. I didn't have like a specific area that I wanted to study once I got to college. I was just kind of taking classes. I was so jealous of those people that like, you know, new in high school, they're like, this is what I want to do. Or, this is what I want to major in. This is what I want to be. So I started out as I think uh, general, then I went the computer science route and it wasn't for me. I didn't, I like computers, but I didn't enjoy coding. And I knew I liked something that was business and maybe related to information technology so i ended up getting a management information systems degree um and i had my sights on additionally getting a mba master's in business but they really wanted you to have a few years of experience first so they advised that i wait and then apply then and take all the you know the entrance exam and everything so i uh i interned for a bunch of different companies when i was in college and the last one i had worked for was the biggest you know internet provider at the time in the US and um, I had an internship there and I started full time with a nice salary the day I the day, the day after I graduated college so I was with them for 
quite a long time. And then like a lot of the companies that had a bust during the tech time, they had a lot of layoffs. The stock went to zero and they got purchased. And eventually uh, when I finished my master's in business, I left and I went into the consulting world. And so consulting world for other businesses. Uh, right. Yeah. So I worked for a big, one of the you know top consulting companies, Accenture. I did that for a couple of years. Um, the division I was in wasn't the ideal fit. Uh, I ended up going back to work with some of the people I'd worked with at previous companies. Um, and then, and I always kind of had a passion for, um, real estate and I'd always been kind of a connector. Um, you know, I remember somebody had mentioned that to me a while back. There was this, you know, best selling book written by Malcolm Gladwell. Um, the, the name I, I it was called the tipping point. Mm-hmm. And one of the types of people he talks about is a connector. And, you know, when I was getting my MBA, my friend was like, you know, I need someone like you. You're a connector. You know, everybody, you know, you connect people to other people and things. And uh, while I was getting my master's, we had they basically didn't have a student association. So we kind of uh, got that going again. I think they had one had one many years ago, but it had fallen apart. So and then I became the president of that student association. We grew it with something to advocate for the students, careers, you know, learning opportunities, happy hours with the other local schools. Um, and then eventually, I, uh, as I was working full time, I got my real estate license. I said, you know, I've been, I've been connecting people for many years. You know, why not um, do something where it can be a career and monetize that? And then I was a because I'd been here for so long, I knew all the schools, I knew all the roads, um, I knew all the neighborhoods. I had a, you know, vast network. I had done uh, previous to that for about ten years. I'd been on a board of a local charity. I've just been kind of one of those people that had been pulled into many different things. But the nice thing was I had, you know, met so many people along the way, having done so many volunteer roles. Yeah. And so I kind of built up this vast network that nice I could sphere tap of into. Influence. Yes, exactly. <laughs> a good sphere of influence. That's awesome. Um, so in terms of the difference between real estate and consulting and the software technology mm-hmm. world, where are the connections there? Um, so it definitely helps to be uh, information technology savvy when you're in real estate. You know, there's a lot of tech tools you can use. Um it's good to understand, you know, how to use them. You know, you're looking at data, trying to make use of that data. Um, so, I mean, I think if you're, if you have a background and in technology, you know, there's, it's, a, it's certainly a huge asset versus somebody that maybe doesn't have some of those tech skills and being able to, you know, leverage all the different tech tools that are out there to be more efficient, you know, stay in front of your customers and, um, you know, when you're building a database and when you're trying to get your name out there and um, you're using tools to make it easier for your customers. Uh, so definitely was was helpful and being able to have that consultative approach with people. Yeah, I can see the connections um, in terms of going forward in real estate. Mm-hmm. Where do you focus on? Is it Northern Virginia or? Yes. Okay. So I know a lot of agents try to be what I learned early on was it's very hard to be everything to everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, of course, everybody wants to do as many deals as they can. You know, they want they want to do luxury deals. They want to do stuff in Maryland. They want to do in D.C., Virginia, you know, cover every city, cover every type of home buyer, seller. Um, as I got going, you know, my niche kind of just became uh, Northern Virginia. 
I mean, obviously, uh, I never really pursued being an agent in DC and Maryland. I mean, living in, I live in Sterling. I remember working with another agent on some stuff in Maryland. I would get stuck on 495. I was like, you know, was it worth coming all the way to Rockville to show a home and to, just to get stuck two hours going back home to my house? And, you know, DC, uh, DC, uh, every neighborhood to neighborhood can be very different. So I figured, you know, I would have partners for those areas. So I, you know, I have partners that I trust that I use if someone wants to do something in DC, if someone wants to do something in Maryland. And I focus generally on Virginia. And then my sweet spot within Virginia would be kind of the areas that I grew up in. So I grew up in Herndon, lived in Reston for 15 years after that. And I've been living in uh, the Lowe's Island community, uh, part of Sterling for the last six years. And my uh, my parents and my sisters individually both live in Ashburn. So those those four cities, and along with Leesburg, where we, we are today, those are kind of the areas that I've focused on. That's wonderful. Um, I do agree. A lot of agents try to be everything to everyone. Uh, so mm-hmm. that's good that you kind of zeroed in on what it is that you want to specialize and uh, the type of clients you want to work with. Uh, looking forward in terms of uh, balance with personal and professional, mm-hmm. how, are, how do you navigate that? Because I know as an agent, you're pretty much on call all the time. Yes. So that's a great question. And that's always something you're trying to balance out. And there's times where, you know, I, I didn't have a good balance. You know, it was uh, maybe it was during my early time as an agent where I wasn't as fast on everything. Something would take me longer to do because uh, I was still learning. Um, and also during the pandemic, which was very busy for the real estate market, is, is having that work-life balance is absolutely something that can be a struggle because especially if you have a family, you know, I have uh, I have two fairly young kids. And I remember when they were younger, there was times I would get frustrated because, you know, they wanted to spend time with me, but I was always on the go. And, you know, I would always be that guy that from 7 a.m. till about midnight, somebody needed something, I responded right away. I responded right away to emails, to text messages. They needed me to go somewhere. I would get in the car and quickly go. If I was advertising, you know, uh, on a site like Zillow, when they call you, they're calling you because they want to tour home that day or the next day. I mean, I remember just crazy things. I would be in the pool and, you know, my watch would be on or the uh, the phone would be right next to me because if I if a call came in, you didn't want to miss it because then it would go to somebody else. I would just jump out of the pool, take the call so I wouldn't miss it. Or I'd be, you know, at a restaurant with my wife and kids and, you know, a call would come in and I would interrupt dinner, quickly walk out to take the call. So it's important to have that balance. And now I, you know, I've taken a step back and, you know, there's certain hours that, you know, it's for my family time, it's for the kids. Yeah. And I make sure that I, I have that balance. And, you know, and, and sometimes, you know, uh, every sale might not be a sale that works for me. You know, if I'm really busy with a lot of stuff going on and somebody wants to, uh, you know, uh, do something and I don't have time for it, I may, you know, refer to somebody else that has the time to to do what I can't do right at that time. Or I may say, you know, hey, like I, I, I'm typical, you know, I want to list my house next week. There's a lot of steps in getting a home ready for sale. And I'll say, hey, if you want to work with me, I need a few weeks to, you know, have time to prepare to get everything ready, yeah. you know, and um, and I don't necessarily take on every client that comes my way now. It has to be 
somebody that's a fit for me and I'm a fit for them. When you're early on in your career, you want to take on anything and everything. Yeah, good for you for knowing where your boundaries are. And exactly. And that's really, you just use the keyword there is, I remember I had a good, co- a good real estate coach and, you know, what she would say is, she said, you know, you really don't have any boundaries with your clients and basically, you know, you're getting exhausted because of that. Yeah. It's hard though, right? Especially yeah. in the early years. Absolutely. But. You know, and I've, my, my personality, and it's something I've worked on a lot is I'm a people pleaser. I want everybody to always be happy. And then you can just get exhausted in that process. Yeah. It sucks the energy out of you as exactly. you're trying to serve everyone. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, how are you, now how are you marketing? So how do I go about marketing? Great question. That's something that's always evolving for me. Um, it's something you can spend you know, so much extra time on. You can always be doing more. You could always be doing more on your own. You could be doing more um, by spending money with these companies that are going to market for you and it's finding that right balance. Um, for me, uh, you know, I, I know there's a lot of people, they get their real estate license and they, I think, heavily rely on social media. They're like, oh, hey, I just got my license. If you want to buy a house, use me if you want to sell here I am. And, you know, social media is, uh, is, is very key now, but it's just one, one of my many funnels, uh, that, that I go to. You know, I have an email list of everybody that are in my contacts. I try to send out useful information once in a while. They'll get a newsletter from me once or twice a month. Um, of course I pick up the phone and I, I stay in touch with people. Um, at the core, based on some of my background, I told you about, I'm a very good event planner. So a few times a year, I try to get people I, in various circles together. You know, maybe it's for a happy hour. Maybe it's for some kind of special event at somewhere, restaurant or something. And then that's a way to just kind of connect with people in person. Um, and then, you know, I, there's, there's always other, other tools as well. Um, I, I've done in the last few years a lot of video work. You may have seen some of that. So I've done some of that myself. I've hired um, various um, local, you know, companies to make, you know, professional videos for me. Um, You know, I try to give people information about what's going on in the market, just general information for buyers and sellers, or maybe it's a tour of a luxury home. So, uh, and then just because I'm involved with so many different organizations, it's just another touch point. I loved hearing funnels. <laughs> you said we've got multiple funnels, so that's great yeah. that you're very involved in your marketing. Right. Um, what's one of the coolest properties that you've sold or listed or helped your client buy? Uh, one of the coolest. Is there properties. one that like stands out to you? Um, yeah. So, um, you know, there's probably many, but the first one that stands out is a uh, family that I was neighbors with. Um, they. Um, they wanted to sell their home, which they own where I used to live and rest in many years. They were one of my neighbors. So I knew that neighborhood intimately well, and they wanted to buy something, and they initially wanted to live near where, where we live in Sterling, and, you know, maybe Ashburn was a backup, um, and it ended up really working out great, and they really liked the idea of having a pool, so we were able to find this home that had this beautiful Huge backyard, which is very hard to find around here, especially in Ashburn, Sterling, Fairfax County. Having a house with a big backyard really is hard to find these days. And we found this home that had a huge backyard and it had this gorgeous custom pool. And, you know, there was a bidding war and we were able to 
navigate through that and when when and now you know uh, we're regulars at their home when they have a party party. um, when they're uh, you know and we we, uh, our kids go use their pool along with them and they've been super happy with the house so that would be something that comes to mind so not only did you help your neighbors move but they just wanted to move to where you lived Mm. so you're just bringing your neighbors with you wherever (laughs) yeah yeah exactly so yeah the more the, the more people that live close by the merrier In terms of Northern Virginia overall, since obviously you live here in this Uh community, what is something that you wish uh, we could improve on that's missing that? Um, It's a very vague topic. Sure. I would say a few things. Um, So obviously traffic is always a problem. I think all of us that have lived here for a long time, me, yourself included, we don't even think about it. We just kind of plan our day around it. We know, you know, if we want to go into the city or we want to go to Maryland, you want to go to Alexandria, you want to come out this way. There's certain hours of the day in the morning and evening you you try to avoid just because of that. I mean, I know there's things being done. For example, where I live is heavily impacted. They're widening Route 7 from basically from Sterling to Tyson's. And there's that huge bottleneck kind of where Great Falls and Reston are. So... There's improvements being done, but I feel like there's just always so much population growth in this area that it could always be better. I mean, I would hope, you know, one day they do something about 495 being the major way we get from Virginia to Maryland and the Maryland's get here because you could go basically anytime from early in the morning to late at night and it's just such a bottleneck. Um, other things, I think, you know, there's always improvements being made, but, you know, the, the, the school system can always improve. You know, there's always things they can do to make the education system better for the kids. One thing I struggle with is um, my kids are young. They're now seven and nine. When they were younger, it was even harder. They like to sleep more, and our school starts at 730 in the morning. There's this, like, anxiety every morning, getting them out of bed, getting them dressed and getting them to school before that bell rings at 730. Because you get there at 731, they're already tardy. And then once they get to a certain number of tardies, you get a letter from the principal that they need to get here earlier. And there's all these parents all trying to get to the school at the same time. And it's just it, it's just madness. Um, and then um, there could always be more nightlife around here. It's amazing to me how many people live in Northern Virginia. And I always hear from people they want to go somewhere at night, you know, kick back, have a drink. Maybe they want to go somewhere where there's a DJ or they want to go somewhere where there's a certain crowd. Maybe they're younger, maybe they're older. It seems the number of choices is limited. I mean, we're pretty much like a metropolitan area around here with a few million people living just in Fairfax County, Loudoun and so forth. And, you know, I always hear, I don't go out as much as I used to, but there are options when, you know, people want to kick back and have a drink. Their choices are limited. D.C. And, you know, obviously, and then, you know, for for all of us that live out this way, D.C. is a long drive. and across, yeah. It's an expensive Uber ride home (laughs) or, you know, you don't want to drink and drive and all those other things. So, um, you know, I wish some of that vibrance uh, that's in D.C. and maybe like parts of Arlington, you know, would come more out this way. way. Yeah. Yeah. It's more of like the family Exactly. Like we're in bed at my household by like 8.30, you know? <laughs> that way we can get up for that yeah, 7.30. Exactly. 6.30, rather. Yeah, there o'clock. you go. <laughs> um, okay, uh, my last question is, what do you do for fun? So I get myself involved in so many different things. You know, I, I wish I could clone myself so I had enough time to 
you know, do all the work things, the family things, and still have time to do all the things I like to do for fun. So I'm actually a little sore right now. I try to play volleyball when I can, but because my schedule is busy, I only get in once in a while. And then if I haven't played in a while, you know, my shoulders, everything is exactly. (laughs) So I, I love playing volleyball, whether it's indoor, whether it's beach volleyball, when the weather is nice. Um, I, I love to follow current events, not just real, you know, what's going on in the real estate world. Um, and then I get myself involved in other things. So I'm on the HOA board for Cascades, which is one of the largest homeowners communities in the area. It's about 5,000 homes, include all the homes, the, the townhouses and the condos. So I like being involved in, you know, how the community is shaped and what we're doing for the community. We're going through the budget process right now and, you know, trying to keep the increases to the minimum while we deal with increased costs from, you know, the trash and recycling companies and landscaping and the management company fees and so forth. Um, I used to coach my older son in soccer, and now I coach my younger one. So I enjoy working with kids. Um, and then, you know, whenever I have time, I love giving back. I work with different charity organizations. I'm great at fundraising, event planning, anything I can do. In Careful my about time. saying that. Yeah, you know, I get pulled in <laughs> to a lot of different things because people do know of my background. And, of course, that goes back to the boundaries because there's only so much time I have to do so, so many, many things. You and, can make. And I, I, you know, I am a nerd at heart. I love reading. I'm always just trying to take in as much information as I can, whether it's articles, whether it's books. And then I, my favorite genre of uh, films is documentaries. I can, I take in as many documentaries. What's your favorite? uh, Favorite documentary. So ESPN has a series called 30 for 30 where they do sports documentaries. I think I've watched pretty much all of them. Okay. Um, and then the latest documentary that I watched that I really liked was on David Beckham. Okay. Uh, I'm not a huge soccer fan. I watch more American uh, football than I do soccer, but they just re- released one that's really interesting about him, his wife, and him growing up as a kid and becoming you know, a soccer star in Europe and then eventually coming here. Nice. So um, about people, about events that happened, I, I really... Uh, you know, enjoy watching. I'm about, I love real stuff where a lot of people like sci-fi, fantasy, horror. You know, yeah. for me, something's a true story or based on a true story. That's my jam. That's me too, yeah. <laughs> that's the only type of stuff that I'll watch. I actually yeah, don't want to see but yeah, that's fun. Yeah. Probably because like you said, you're a nerd at heart. So yeah. you just want to keep learning no yeah, matter what helps exactly. you are. <laughs> yeah, and I'm, you know, I'm nostalgic. I love watching something about, you know, the 80s, you know, when I was just a kid growing up or the 90s or Something, you know, you're like, oh, I never knew that happened. Or, you know, you, you they could they just go so deep into a subject. Yeah. 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 When you're like eight, nine, 12 years old, it feels like a completely, you know, like even adults, I feel like at eight years old, they felt like these like superheroes mm-hmm. as a kid. And then you become an adult and you're like, oh, they're just like children, but in big bodies. Yeah. So it's interesting to go back. Yeah. To the things absolutely. 20, 30 years ago. And see it told in a way that you're like, huh. Yeah. And Netflix is always pumping out new stuff after everybody goes to bed. Yeah. Like I just watched, uh, speaking of things that are based on a true story, most people didn't see it because it was on a channel. Most people don't have Showtime, but they just put it on Netflix too. There's a really well done series about how Uber got started and then how, you know, they kind of had a boom and then they went through a rough period because their CEO was kind of, you know, this wild guy that didn't like to follow the rules. So they did this like series about how they got going, how they got funding to grow Uber and all the challenges that came along. And, you know, like the taxi companies in New York were pissed that they were getting into their business. And so, you know, I love following that and stuff. And you can always learn so much. 
You yeah. have to learn from history. If you don't learn from history, what happens? Yeah, you just repeat the same. That's mistakes. right. Yeah, and that was you know that was my thing that got me through COVID. You know, when we're all hunkered in at home. ESPN did this amazing series on Michael Jordan and the Bulls when they were winning all their championships. And then uh, each network had like one great one. There was one about um, Elizabeth Holmes, which was the lady that started Theranos. Mm-hmm. Um, and All based on like... Uh, you know, all the crazy yeah. things that they did to make people believe that with one drop of blood, you could find everything about somebody. And then I, you know, watched the one about Uber. And then I watched a really uh, interesting one on Apple TV called We Crashed about the WeWork guys and all the wild things that they were doing to, you know, grow we work at this crazy rapid pace. And then, you know, everything kind of started crashing after that. Yeah, you can learn a lot when you study stuff, but most people, we're so busy. Yeah, well, you know, when people have a few extra minutes, they either want to laugh or they want something maybe that just scares the heck out of them. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Slow, huh? (laughs) So uh, any last, before we wrap it up, any last tips or advice to somebody who's watching this? about life, about business, about anything? Um, I would say, you know, definitely follow whatever you're passionate about and, you know, and be willing to work hard at it. I remember, you know, when I got my real estate license and this was, you know, about 10 years ago or so, people were like, oh, you know, why do you want to do that? There's already so many people doing that or, you know, and then there was a definitely in the first few years, I just wanted to quit. You know, I was like, this isn't going how I expected it to go. Um, and then, you know, uh, specifically anybody that has a small business, you're a small business owner, and I'm sure you can completely relate is, and I had to really learn this the hard way was you, you have to always earn people's business, you know, and there was a, a lot of time where I would get really, really upset, upset with friends, upset with other connections, other business owners, because I had done so much for all these people Anybody that basically I've known that has a small business, I've done everything I can to help them grow their business, help market their business, send customers to their business. Um, you know, I'm that guy that, you know, it's 11 o'clock at night, you're stuck, you know, on the road, you know, I'll get in my car and come help you. And I just figured once, you know, that naturally everybody would want to come help my business and it just didn't work that way. You know, um, you have to remember that in whatever field you're in, there's a lot of other people in that field and they may not necessarily come to you. And you have to remember that just because you're doing something that they may need, they may not use you. You have to show them that you have to show your value. You have to earn that business. That business is not just given that you have to go out and earn it. So that was, that would be a tip I have for others from, you know, uh, what I learned. And then the other thing, which I said earlier is not every person is somebody you may want to definitely work with. You know, you should be, working on maximizing your time the best you can. And, um, you know, not everybody's going to be a good fit for you or you being a good fit for them and not necessarily, you know, trying to make everything work. Sometimes it's just not meant to be. Perfect advice. Thank you so much for being on the Alamon show and being a guest today. Sure.
Thanks for listening to this episode of The Alamon Show. If you are a business owner, you are in the Northern Virginia area, or you're willing to come out and visit us here in our Leesburg studio, and you've been in business for at least five years, I invite you to apply or nominate a guest for an upcoming show. Go to alamonphotography.com and click on podcast where you'll find a link to nominate a guest. And thanks as always for listening.